It's time for the Zookeeper Roadmap Podcast, where Joseph and Sheldon teach you everything they're learning on becoming zookeepers and answer any questions any future zookeepers or marine mammal trainers have. And now, here are your hosts, Joseph and Sheldon. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Zookeeper Roadmap Podcast. I'm your host, Joseph, along with Sheldon. How's it going, everybody? Now, I know you guys have been wondering, where have we been? And as you're all having question marks pop up around your head, haven't you heard us before? Yes, SeaWorld Splash Podcast, but we are, transi- we are transitioning over to the Zookeeper Roadmap Podcast. We will still talk about SeaWorld as we still support SeaWorld. Am I right on that, Sheldon? Oh, most definitely. There will be some new changes, but at the same time, some things are still going to be the same, but we're moving forward. So yes, we will still have some SeaWorld news in there, so don't worry, don't freak out. We're still going to talk about SeaWorld, and we're just moving into a direction to where we want to give our fans some insight on on our progress of getting into the animal field and we want to help the next generation get into that animal field as we are doing yep so basically we're we'll talking about what we've been up to these last few months or years kind of lost count thank you covid <laughs> originally we're talking about what we've been working on what we're going to do and how we're going to help you guys out in the future and kind of work together as a group, kind of build on one simple topic, and that's animal field, which is obviously a broad topic, but a pretty interesting topic. Um, Joseph, would you like to go first and talk about what you've been doing and what's coming up soon? And it's a very competitive field to get into. So the more you network, the more you're going to be able to get in and have that upper hand on getting in. So uh, I'm starting on Monday, I'm going to be doing a volunteer, a new volunteer gig with Nurtured by Nature. Um, Nurtured by Nature is very highly recommended by the San Diego Zoo Safari Park. So that's a big plus. So hearing that they're highly recommended will help me get into the field where I want to go into. What have you been up to, Sheldon? Well, a lot. (laughs) So some of you guys may or may not remember. I might have mentioned it. I don't know. It's been so long. But um, I used to be an educator um, with the Florida Aquarium in Tampa. Um, As of recently, over two months ago, I accepted a full-time job as an associate keeper specialist I work at Bush Gardens now, and I'm part of the Edge Africa team. So I'm a keeper there, and I work with a couple different animals. The main ones I work with are lions, hyenas, hippos, lemurs, crocodiles, and lots of tropical fish. So that is what's going on with me right now. It's been a really amazing experience. Another big change in the aquarium, but definitely a great path for me moving forward into zookeeping. Uh, If you're not sure what a specialist is right now, it's kind of like the intro starter 
of becoming a zookeeper. Um, to get that, obviously, it takes a lot of experience. So some of you guys know I did some internships with Zoo Tampa. I did some volunteering with the aquarium while I was working there in different animal departments. Uh, to me, about five years of experience to get this job I am now. And it's definitely an amazing experience. Um, yes, I'm working very closely with lots of dangerous animals. And obviously, I'm being very safe. But the keepers there, they've been training me, we've been working together, and it's really cool. Really amazing experience to learn from them um, how to work with a lot of animals, how to do your shifting, how to take care of them, training, guest interaction, all that fun stuff. So that's what's going on with me. So yeah, lots of big news happening with us um, as we're going forward. So uh, I'm sure guests are probably going to wonder, how did you get this job? and what steps did you take so maybe sure. you can also kind of be like our first guest and talk about Ooh. how you got into this job so pretend you're not the co-host right now you're a guest so welcome to the podcast dang i have to act and improvise on the spot okay no pressure <clears throat> so i'm just kidding <laughs> so if you guys are wondering Let's wind back the clock five years ago um, in high school, working at Chick-fil-A. So I used to work at Chick-fil-A as my first job. Obviously, it was not the job for me. The people were nice, but obviously somebody wants to work with animals. I'm not going to move very far in Animal Field with a fast food restaurant. But fun fact, um, when I was there, I actually met somebody who worked at the Floyd Aquarium. And I asked him, you know, how did you get this job, you know? What steps did you take to, you know, work with animals? And they said, oh, I volunteered. What did I do? I applied and volunteered. And one day a week, every Sunday, because as you know, Chick-fil-A is closed on Sunday, I had a day off. I was going to college at US, I'm sorry, Hillsborough Community College first. Then I would go to um, work part-time with Chick-fil-A. And on every Sunday, I would go volunteer with the Floyd Aquarium. So I started volunteering with the Stingley Touch a habitat known as the Manti Viewing Center. If you're from Florida and live around the Ruskin area, you know what I'm talking about. If you don't know, definitely recommend coming to Florida, especially in the winter season. Um, that's when our local population of West Indian manatees head over to a power plant to stay warm in the winter. Uh, if you don't know, manatees don't have much body fat, so they cannot survive the cold winters in Florida. And we like to jokingly say here, a winter in Florida that's cold for manatees is below 60, 70 degrees. Um, that's too cold for manatees, they can get hypothermia. So they usually head to the springs here and these power plants. So if you actually wanna go see that, it's a free place. Um, you just drive down south to um, Ruskin, Florida at the Big Bend power plant. On a really good cold chilly day, you actually can see on record 700 manatees altogether. Um, it is a seasonal place, so it is open usually from November to April. Um, but I was there volunteering because we, there were stingrays there from the aquarium. And those stingrays were mascots for the baseball uh, race um, team mascots. So they, <laughs> Joseph's not a fan. I'm sorry. For all you other fans of baseball, I'm so sorry. But any local Tampa fans here, um, pretty much, <laughs> yes. California teams. I'm sorry, I'm not from California if you don't know. I'm sorry. Anyway, <laughs> basically, we would watch the mascots on the offseason. So when they weren't at the fields, the baseball um, team were playing them. Um, obviously, the baseball games, they kept the Rays actually off-site at that center half of the year 
And then they would go back to the baseball stadium when baseball season was open. So half of the year for six months, I volunteer, um, let us touch the stingrays, talk to them, educate them, pretty much build the first uh, kind of founding steps on taking care of animals and talking to the public. Um, little tip for you guys, and it's coming soon. Uh, being a zookeeper, taking care of animals, there is a lot of talking involved um, with your teammates and with the public. So I'm sure many of you original SeaWorld Splash podcast fans know, you go to SeaWorld, what the trainers doing in between the shows, they're usually talking to the guests, talking to each other, making a plan for what the show's going to be like, doing the presentation. Obviously, Orca Encounter nowadays in San Diego has a lot of talking. Well, guess what? My jobs have a lot of talking. So as a volunteer, I would be on the mic talking to guests. And that was a big, big part of my job. So if you are considering a position or anything working with animals, whether it's green life, terrestrial, you're probably going to be talking to people. And that could be any people. Like you could be talking to some campers, some older folks, teenagers. You could be going to schools. Your audience could be two people to 2,000 people. You never know. Um, obviously, if you're doing a show in a big stadium, you'll meet a lot of people, obviously. <laughs> After volunteering for six months doing that, um, the aquarium hired me part-time as an educator. Um, so there I did different more touch pulls, some more stingrays, got to work with some invertebrates like anemones, sea stars. Then I moved up to more other cool animals like moon jellyfish. Um, yeah, I've been to Florida Aquarium. You can touch moon jellies. I believe it's only one of four aquariums in the world you can touch moon jellies. That's a cool experience. Then I started working with small animals like snakes, baby alligators, armadillos, small creatures, getting used to that and talking with them and taking care of them. Um, the next step up was getting more internships. So when I finally graduated University of South Florida and got my bachelor's degree, I still was applying and not getting anything. Um, also fun fact, as many of you guys know, I have, have never tried yet. As you apply to jobs and Joseph and other people will test for this, you are going to receive lots of rejection letters. I'm not saying that to make you feel bad or discourage you, it's just honest. It's just being honest. So basically, it's competitive. If you don't know, it's competitive. A lot of you guys are numbers, but if you don't know, it's a competitive field. You're competing with hundreds of people from across the country for a job that you want. It's not saying you're not good at it. It's not saying you can't do it. It's just a lot of people have qualifications. So when I was applying for like big zookeeper jobs, I figured I have a degree, I'll be fine. No, so I'll be honest, my first few years, I would apply to like 20 different zoo jobs and receive like 20 different um, um, nose rejections, not even interview. And that was really discouraging. So after that, I regrouped, talked to some people and I was like, all right, what am I doing wrong? And they said, you have some experience, great. We need you to have more experience with these different types of species. And I was like, what do you mean? And they said, well, if you want to work with, say, elephants, my favorite animal in the entire world, you need to have some experience working around elephants or big animals. And I was like, well, how do you really do that? And they said, well, usually there's internships. And I was like, internships, I've heard of those. I thought you could only do them in college. And they said, they recommend in college, but you could technically do them anytime you like. It is better for college to count as credit. But if you're trying to, you know, get that experience, that works too. Excuse <laughs> me. But anywho, so I started my first internship with Zoo Tampa. And that was, believe it or not, my first internship 
was a few weeks before COVID hit, about two years ago. So I went in not knowing really what to expect. Um, I was interning with the elephant and rhino department there. I believe there's about 10 interns. But basically as an intern, you're kind of, you're learning everything. You're an apprentice. Uh, my internship was unpaid. There are some paid internships, but mine was an unpaid. And I had to learn about what it means to be a zookeeper. So the first lesson I had to learn is getting up early in the morning. So I live a little ways away from the zoo. So I would get up, and I still do to this day, get up at 4.30 in the morning to be um, at the zoo ready to go at 7 o'clock because the zoo life starts very early. <laughs> so from 7 o'clock to 6 o'clock, we were taking care of animals. And most of the time, like, I didn't actually get to do a lot of hands-on animal stuff. So as an internship, you're doing a lot of watching and cleaning. So... For example, we wake up, we would make all the food and diets for breakfast, we move elephants around, and then my job was cleaning up all the poop and the hay. And let me tell you something, six elephants producing 100 pounds of poop each is a lot of poop. And it was hot and exhausting. It's a lot of work. You're cleaning, you're getting messy, you're dirty. It's, it's tough. And then I started to realize, like, this isn't really an easy job. Like, it takes a lot of work and commitment. And the keepers are like, yeah, this is what it means to be. There's a lot of stuff that goes on. I haven't barely even touched the surface. So doing that, cleaning their outside, inside space, um, then actually seeing a training session was just incredible. Um, seeing elephants up close, they are big, but seeing that bond relationship building for the first time with new keepers, that was intense. Um, learning how it takes years to build animals' trust, that was something new for me. Like, I figured after a few times, the animal would get to trust you. Knowing that it takes years, that just blew my mind. And then experiencing it, I'm like, I see now. And then even with other animals, like say a basic little zebra, learning trust with a zebra within the zebra, who I thought would be simple, made me think more about, okay, every animal's different. I really need to think about and concentrate what I'm doing. So after that, um, I did some more work with the aquarium, moved up a little bit more, started doing behind the scenes tours, boat tours. Next, um, I moved into another internship at the zoo, a different position called Asia Quest, or I believe Asian Gardens. So in that section, I got to work with a whole variety of animals. I got to work with rhinos, also did some work with tigers, sun bears, tapirs, pigs. Also worked with some um, barnyard animals like llamas, goats, ponies. And that was pretty cool as well. Um, we also did some Australian animals like koalas and wallabies, so that was amazing. Uh, good news in this internship, I felt a lot more confident and better. On the first one, like, I kind of figured what might be happening, but I was still, like, nervous, not sure what to do. But this one was like the, okay, you know what to do, now apply it. And it worked out a lot better. Uh, what I discovered in my um, over six months interning with everything was that most interns that I've been with have done internships before, and they learn from each other, and it helps build because pretty much an intern does what a keeper does, obviously not paid, but does the basic jobs. Now, fast forward after all this rambling um, to recently, um, I was full-time at the aquarium and I was obviously wanting to move forward and continue my animal degree and do more stuff. So doing some more volunteer work with um, different animals there like otters, lemurs, sloths, birds of prey, bigger animals. I was finally hired at Bush Gardens in Africa. Um, that was definitely another turning point for me. So. But when I got in there, I knew what to really expect. But at the same time, I didn't know what to expect. 
but everything I've learned over the five years just doing the volunteering and working helps me out now, especially with um, building animal trust and bonds, um, working with dangerous animals, talking to the public. I can take all those tools and resources and apply them um, to my job, my career. Um, granted, it's still not easy. I'm obviously, like I said, I'm getting up at four o'clock in the morning as a new keeper, being there for two months, I'm still doing most of the dirty work and cleaning. Um, I am doing a little bit of animal training with hippos and stuff, but obviously there's a lot of things I can't do now because I'm not trained on that yet. And as time goes on, the bigger, more dangerous animals require a lot more patience. So our little saying in Edge Africa, we always say, the lions are surprisingly the easier animal to get you to trust, but they're more dangerous. However, a hippo, even though they're less dangerous, quote unquote, unless rules apply to them, it takes a lot longer to build their trust and confidence. So what that means is when we are moving our lions from the night house to the um, outside area, um, we actually will station them, get them to their spots and toss the meat. Um, for lions, hyenas, you toss the meat a few times to do that. Lions, hyenas, pretty much are your best friend after that. You feed them, they're happy. With the hippo, a little bit different. We work pretty close to the hippos. We will feed them, but it takes really for them months and years to really build a strong bond. Um, one hippo I've been personally getting to know really well is Kita. Um, Kita was born in Bishkarim. She's 15 years old. But Kita is a very shy hippo and she likes to take things very, very slow. Um, she also did not like tall men and me being one of the tallest men in Bush Gardens, it's, it's tricky. And getting her to actually be comfortable with me took me actually about a month. So I spent a month just talking with her, spending time with her, just feeding with her. And eventually she did warm up to me, but I'm still building my relationship with her. It's still a long way away. Um, she's comfortable around me, but there's still a lot of things she's still not used to me doing or working around with her. Like her simply following me around takes a little bit more time. And that's just, it's incredible how smart every animal is, how every different personalities are. And even the keepers at a meeting talking to, they've gone through similar things or they have their own stories and journeys, how they get there. And I'm sure all of you listening have your own journey trying to get there, whether it's, you know, being a killer whale trainer, working with birds or doing a dolphin show or do training horses, anything. We're all going through our own little like battles and journeys and stories, all in the meal written differently. The important thing is knowing where you're going and how you're going to get there and sticking to that path. Because as you all know, and I have told you, it's not easy. And there are days where you just well, either want to quit or you're like, why am I even doing this? Obviously, the pay is not going to be the best. You're going to be like, why am I even doing this? My friend is over here. He's sitting in an office flipping burgers for more money than I am. And I'm shoveling poop. It's really about the passion that, you know, like I have a passion for wildlife. We all have a passion for wildlife. That's why we're all here. And that's why I love animals. That's why we go to SeaWorld, you know, sit in the soak zone, you know, talk to the trainers, you know, do the dolphin swims because we love animals. We do it for animals. It's not necessarily for money, but it's still an amazing experience. Um, as I say, I'm still learning stuff every day. As I continue, I'll definitely keep you guys updated. Hopefully we'll have other guests besides myself talking about their animal experiences. But if you guys ever are like at Bush Gardens or at Nature or um, help me out, Joseph. <laughs> or Nurtured by Nature. Nurtured by Nature. All Make right. sure you I'll sign up for a tour. Yeah, sign up for a tour with one of us. We'd be happy to let you guys come out on the scenes, meet some animals, or if you're ever in the parks, come and say hi. We are not shy. We're not going to bite. We love meeting people because we all want to. Our new plan is to work together to our career paths. You know, even if you're not on the same career path, it's okay to just still have a chat. 
That's fair. And I was just kind of wondering, as um, I'm sure our listeners will probably be uh, wondering. So you mentioned you had done the um, internships. What did you do differently for the second internship? And did you have to remain humble like you hadn't had that first internship? Ooh, very good question. So with the second internship, I went in confident, but I did to humble myself down to not be cocky. So I had to remind myself, you know what to do, but you don't know this area and these people. So another tip I always tell everybody, treat it like a job. Any internship you do, treat it like you're getting paid on the job because they look good stuff. That's kind of like your interview. So when I went to my second internship, I went in ready to work and ready to learn still, but also ready to pick up things. So I always keep myself busy. If there's something to do, I would go do it. Obviously with permission, you know, cleaning up something, washing dishes, uh, picking up stuff, trying to make, I try, my goal is to make everything easier. So easier for the keepers, easier for myself. So that way we could do the fun training activities or um, do some fun learning. And with this second one, I felt it was definitely a lot better because I got to, I felt more prepared, more ready. I mean, you can go in, I've seen people do it, not pointing any fingers, but I see people go in and they act like they know everything and they don't. Every day we are still learning something. And it's something wrong with being knowledgeable of what you're doing, but also be respectful to your peers, the keepers and the animals, everyone, because we all want to be here, but we have to remember we all came here for a reason and we all had to work to get here. But yeah, definitely. Definitely had to humble it down because I was ready, but I was like, you still have a lot to learn. You still be a sponge, absorbing, absorbing information. Is there any other uh, tips of advice that you'd like to give our listeners or, yeah. or uh, anything else you want to leave our listeners? Well, definitely <clears throat> never give up on it keep trying and applying you probably heard it i'm still gonna say it again apply 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 and network the more people you know the more everyone's gonna know for example i met a bunch of keepers and trainers and a lot of them still know each other and they're from across the u.s some are from california down here in florida know each other people in texas everybody knows everybody the animal field is a small world it's big but it's really connected so whatever you do and that impression you make on a keeper could affect you anywhere in the future wherever you're flying because there's a good chance somebody knows someone. It's, it's I'm not even going to lie. I'm just going to say it. There is a good, and I'm going to say 100% chance, the person or the job you're trying to go for, someone already knows someone trying to go for it or they know someone in that job, like no lie somebody knows somebody so networking and if you keep in those rejection letters which you will take with a grain of salt move on don't hold on to that i didn't get it it's okay we didn't get it move on try again let's try something different but never give up on it it's never going to be easy but definitely um you know do your best and all i always last thing i'll say is have fun with it as an intern i was scooping up poop have fun enjoy your life and have fun with the job I'm still a new keeper doing major stuff. Have fun. You're here as a keeper. You're here as a person, a trainer. Have fun with it. Even if there's stuff going on, you know, coworkers, bad day, animals aren't acting right, still have fun. Make every day 
really fun and exciting because you know you need to make it exciting as every day should be. <laughs> Well, thank you there, Sheldon, for sharing your experiences. Oh, no problem. I'll be here all week. I'm just kidding. And, of course, uh, we will have (coughs) other guests on. Um, Not saying who, what, when, or where, (laughs) but we will have other guests on. (laughs) So, yeah, uh, we just want to Get you guys all caught up and give you guys a picture of where we're headed. Um, so if you guys are worried that SeaWorld Splash podcast is changing with the uh, with myself, the host, or Sheldon, the co-host, no, we're still going to be here. We're still going to be doing the podcast. We're just changing the name. want to help our new people. <laughs> We want to help our new keepers, trainers, and those conservationists that go out there and do these jobs. So with that, I just want to say thank you again for listening. And we hope to see you guys back here next time for an episode. So thank you, everyone. And have a good night. Have a good one, guys. Thanks for listening. Thanks for joining us. Stay tuned for more tips and tricks on how to become zookeepers with Joseph and Sheldon. See you guys next time.